I don't need this. Are you tired of the same old routine? My wife, my Busting your hump and getting nowhere? This just ain't my day. The boss, is he always on your back? Liza, my ass belongs in your chair, not in your lap, which is where you keep trying to put it. You got The wife. You know? And the kids. Is that right? They never listen. I hate to see him pissing his life away in them goddamn computers. Do you ever feel like forgetting the whole thing? You think I got it easy? Well, now you can. I'm talking about life! Drop out and join the ranks of the few. The filthy. Crash. <laughs> I got my own place, a condominium. Where else can you live for free? And eat for even less? Well, be forewarned. Freedom has its price. Yes, there's always a snake in the Garden of Eden. What you got for me today? Today? Tenderfly Viper. One buck. Here's to you, pussy. <laughs> Don't drink my paper. What? What's the matter? You can't hold your liquor, huh? <laughs> It's easy to find us. We're all over the place. Street Trash. Maybe our hundredth episode will be us getting new microphones. Wow. Wouldn't that be a great celebration? It would. You would hear motorcycles, helicopters, neighbors, dogs. Maybe one night you, you should go through the recordings to see if you can pick up ghost voices. Oh, EVPs. Yeah. Oh, man. Hey there, Could listeners. Could be the hundredth episode right there. Just <laughs> ghost voices we picked mm-hmm. up. I'm pretty sure that's just the neighbors or a motorcycle, but... It could be something they else. They say it's a ghost. Mm-hmm. Well, hello, listeners. We're already talking, so join us, won't you? In another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We're going to talk about horror movies. We're going to spoil them. Um, we won't spoil anything new that we're going to talk about, necessarily. Mm-mm. Will might. I'm not going <laughs> to. I'll spoil it. That's Will. I'm Richard. Hello. There's Jolian over there. He's not saying anything, but 
he's here, trust me. Um, I heard his chair creak earlier, and it wasn't an EVP. No one was there. <laughs> yeah. The, the chair was creaking from inside the house. <laughs> so, what did you watch since last time, Jolien? I'm sure you've got a bit of a list, unless Gumby kicked your door in. Um, no, I've got a Gumby holiday right now. So I've been working on Tales from the Crypt again. Um, let's see. Uh, Eyes of My Mother mm. from last year. How was that? Nicholas Pesky or P-E-S-C-E. I'm going to guess it's not Cage. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah, he was the director. And the, uh, very nicely photographed by Zach Cooperstein. And uh, it's got... Kika Magales as Francesca, Francisca. She's this daughter of a Portuguese woman who's married into a farm out in the rural areas of uh, New York. Oh, that old trope. And um, so this is all all filmed in black and white. It's kind of an art house Rob Zombie movie. (laughs) Uh, the uh, so she she's grown up and, and her mother's been teaching her surgery and practicing on cows and things. Oh, down home surgery. Yeah, but like uh, pretty soon in the movie, this guy turns up. He looks like he might be a traveling salesman, but he's actually a serial killer. And um, he uh, he kills the mother, and then the father comes home and kills him hmm. but they don't report it or anything they have ways of disposing of bodies and mm. but anyway um the uh the killer ends up in the chained up in the barn and uh the uh so you, you watch the girl grow up and become a young, young adult and um yeah she's she's Still visits the guy in the barn. Oh. <laughs> does her practice on him. Oh, wow. And, uh, and then she, she, you know, she um, starts luring in other people. Right. So it's basically like this um, good old grungy horror plot, but shot like a art movie, like really long takes and... You never get your PhD unless you can operate on more than one victim. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I'm not sure what it was it was trying to get at, but um, you know, it was, it was, it was maybe it was a statement on the healthcare system. <laughs> That's a possibility. So I'm not sure if it was one of those calling card movies or is actually a genuine. I mean, it, it has freaked people out because it is presented as an art movie. So I imagine lots of people at the festival crowds went in thinking, oh, this will be like The Witch or something. And <laughs> Not so it much. Gets, it gets quite gruesome. <laughs> um, yeah, I wasn't so I wasn't that, that keen on it, but it was a bit, felt a bit hollow. But uh, anyway, um, I watched uh, Street Trash, of course. Um, watched Texas Chainsaw from 2013. Hmm. Mm. Have you seen that one? It's related mm. to any massacres that may or may not have happened in Texas. <laughs> may or may, may not have involved a chainsaw. The Texarkana Chainsaw yeah, Massacre. One, I think there's only one guy who actually gets killed by a chainsaw. Have you seen this one? No. 
So it's kind of more like more of a slasher movie. You've got like a bunch of uh, young adults who look like from the CW and okay, you know, very good looking people and uh, jump in a van. She, one of the women, has inherited this mansion in Texas, and she's related to the Sawyer family. Ah, and she starts, you know, meeting old members of the family. Hmm. Um, Hilarity so ensues. <laughs> uh, yeah, is it a reboot? Yeah, a sequel, a seaboot, a prequel, it's a preboot. It's kind of it's a direct sequel to the first one. So it, the film starts off with scenes from the first one, and then they then they blend it into the uh, the sheriff turning up, and then a lynch mob turns up, and they they mm. kill everyone in the house, and then a baby survives. So you know who that baby's going to be in, and uh, a baby Leatherface, <laughs> um, baby face. But there's it's kind of there's some really dumb bits in it. There's there's a bit that you really, really lost a lot of audiences, <laughs> um, where uh, Leatherface chases the lead woman into a fun fair. Uh-huh. And they've, got, they've got like this ghost train sort of thing, and there's there's even someone dressed as a kind of takeoff and Leatherface. And uh, but he doesn't kill anyone, doesn't touch anyone. Oh, just goes right through the crowd, and people kind of run away, get out of his way, and he chases the woman, and she gets away, and then and the policeman turns up, and Leatherface runs off. But uh, yeah, it was, it was seems shot disappointing. Converted to three D. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's got some amusing bits in it. It's oh, good. Scott Eastwood is in it. Who? Scott Eastwood. Oh. He plays a cop in this oh. movie. And he's also in uh, The Fate of the Furious. Mm. Oh, I haven't seen that. Do you, do you watch that series? I've seen none of those. This is Clint's adult son, right? Yeah. Okay. Does he look like his dad that much? Yeah, he does. Has he got the scowl and the squint? He's not so squinty. He's not, because he's, he's not gone through that. He's making got lots of westerns and, and, right. and going to Italy where they shine big lights in your eyes right. get a shot but um yeah so he hasn't got the squint but uh yeah he does look a lot like him like circa revenge revenge of the creatures oh i wonder if he really likes jazz yeah that might help yeah you know it's like squinting to try to understand what yeah, all those I, notes mean i don't don't know how much you'd uh, try to be different if you had a dad like that it would be tough yeah, I think you you'd want to cash in sometimes when it behooves you, mm-hmm. and other times it's like I want my own identity. Yeah, he probably listens to Taylor Swift. And... Yeah, he gets Swifty. I'm sure he does. But yeah, yeah, I'm I, sure I, his eyes. I, I, I watched really all the open. the um <laughs> this this series and very entertaining, especially like four onwards, mm-hmm. where it's more of a heist sort of setup, yeah. and it's kind of like um. You know, there's like, all those like wuxia movies where the, the people have a, a code of honor, mm-hmm. and they and they're, they're outlaws, but they have their own code. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. It's, um, it's got a hell of a cast. It's like Kurt Russell's in it, and hmm. um, Helen Mirren turns up. Um, you got Jason Statham, and yeah, I, I, there's loads of people in it. It's just uh, spectacular nonsense. Um, uh, watch the, the void from last year. 
Oh yeah, how was it? Uh, have you, you've seen I've that not one, right? seen it. I, seen I did, and okay. he I, didn't like it. I, well, I couldn't make it. He was any... willing to watch it again. I feel like maybe I was not ready. So, what did you think? I thought that it was um, it was failing to make its point mm. for most of the movie. They're just like. Uh, Whatever the cult members were, they should have been more ominous and threatening, and they really weren't to me yeah. anyway. And then I didn't understand why the goopy creatures were um, focusing on the people they were going after mm-hmm. and whether the stuff they did was contagious or not. Mm-hmm. I wasn't clear on a lot. Yeah. And I wonder if that was my fault. So I kind of do want to give it another chance. I, I, I think the same thing. You felt the same way? Yeah. It's like, uh, okay, we like these John Carpenter movies. And- Let's stuff some of this in there. Recreating like bits of the sort of Precinct Thirteen and okay, yeah, the thing and right. Carpenter's but, greatest hits. Yeah, there's, there's always bits that didn't quite come together for me. And, right. Okay, so maybe I don't want to watch yeah. it again. <laughs> yeah, I feel like like the there were a lot of bits and pieces there that individually were cool things, mm-hmm. but once assembled, really didn't make a lot of sense. Mm. And. Um, Maybe there's a lesson for the people who made it when they watch it back, or maybe they think it's awesome and wouldn't change a thing. I don't know. It's it's very ambitious because you've got this kind of Lovecraftian apocalypse thing happening, and then then you've got the thing happening inside the hospital and Mm -hmm. all sorts of stuff going on, but kind of beyond their budget. Yeah, yeah. Like in the in the scope of all the things that that. happen in the world or happen in the universe or over all of time, all of this stuff is just so insignificant and it just feels like, why would they focus on some people hanging out in the hospital? It it seems like it's below the station of of some all-powerful creature that can travel between dimensions and whip tentacles at things. (laughs) So that's that's why I didn't get it. Um, What else? uh, In the Folds of the Flesh, 1970... Uh, it's this Spanish-Italian movie. It's kind of giallo. It's a nasty blend of various things. So you've oh. got a bit of giallo, a bit of Nazi exploitation, uh, decapitations. Oh, whatever. Right. Uh, whatever. Incest. Head in a flower pot. Oh, okay. Hey, all right. Death by cuckoo clock. If you if you decapitated someone from Devo, that, that would take care of two things at once. There you go. Uh there's a couple of vultures in a cage. One of them gets shot. Mm. I'm not sure if they did it for real. Mm. They look pretty real. Uh, there's a there's a corpse of a dog. Oh no. Um, yeah. So <laughs> by turns repellent and and dull and and sometimes it's fun because <laughs> it's like circa 1970s. So people are wearing really colourful <laughs> patterns and things. Uh, women have like masses of eye makeup. It's just oh, man. inches. Um, it, it, so it's like this weird family, and then this parade of people turn up at this villa by the sea, wanting to do them harm or rip them off or something or other. So you get like a home invasion sequence where this guy busts in, and he takes them hostage, and he like, assaults wow. the women and makes them dig up because he thinks there's a corpse buried around that you can blackmail them for. <laughs> and then, and then you know, there's other people who claim to be relatives turning up and wanting the money and stuff like that. So there's like a this this like convenient series parade of, of people they can knock off. 
It's always good when you can have a bunch of uh, cannon fodder up here. Mm-hmm. And then... so that was uh, Sergio Bergonzelli. Um, and then the last one I watched was uh, The Slayer from 1982, which is just about to come out on Blu-ray. Mm. Uh, it's been available in uh, the UK for a while, but it's not come out on disc here mm. at all. And in the UK, it was even on the Video Nasty list for about a year. Um, it doesn't belong on there. No. Um, but, I mean, movies the... aren't put on that list because of any... Rhyme or reason? No. <laughs> Um, yeah, they were all riled up, weren't they? Yeah. So this is also known as Nightmare Island. Um, it says woman and her husband and her brother and his wife go to an island somewhere off of Georgia, and uh, for a for a vacation in this old house. So it's kind of old fashioned. It's like an old house island storm mm-hmm. lurking something in the hidden rooms. Um, so it's got some atmospheric. You know, it's, it's shot quite nicely, and the score is really mm. nice. Uh, Robert Folk, um, who, who scored uh, a lot of the Police Academy movies, but this this one's really good. It's very lush, mm-hmm. orchestral stuff, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's got some good kills in it. Uh, the Pitchfork ones, just very, like really the Police good. Academy movies. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there's there's an early early death which feels like one of those they that they had to throw in because there's not enough killing. Mm. It's like, oh, we've got this random beachcomber bum you know, suddenly turns up to get knocked off. Um, there's, and the ending is completely, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's got you know, atmospheric and good looking, as I say. So um, I, mean, I don't give it a big recommendation, but you know, I mean, it's been put out on Blu-ray by Arrow, which tend to be pretty expensive. Mm. I wouldn't buy it from them mm. uh, at full price anyway. But uh, yeah, give it a wait, see if you can get a hold of it cheaper. So lukewarm recommend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's that. So put that on your list with Stir of Echoes. Anyone want to watch this? Texas Chainsaw? I, I think I'll press. I think I'll watch it. Yeah. yeah. There you go. you got to complete the series. Yeah, it might as well be a com- completionist or completist however you say that was that was that it for your list yeah so i also read uh the new um nocturnals book by dan brereton oh the sinister path oh that looks, looks really good just lovely so very uh, colorful i uh contributed to the kickstarter so i got an oh. edition before it's come out hence the plain white cover yeah and it, so i got um i did the one where i got like a reading copy mm-hmm. and then also got a copy that he drew over the cover on oh cool and uh to wrap in plastic yes (laughs) wrapped in plastic so uh yeah that's that's very nice so if if anyone doesn't (laughs) doesn't know nocturnals um it's about his families you know there's uh the various archetypes of creatures um and and i find often like comics with where it's like a team of archetypal monsters don't mm-hmm. really work for me yeah but th- these ones are really good they got they this, it's such such nice painting you know yeah, it's a fully painted comic great. and um have you read any of this series i've not read that series so it's very halloween there's, there's uh, lots of orange in there and uh so you've got like a 
mer people and animal people and undead and magic using people and uh and it's got this kind of um some sinister and uh kind of spooky atmosphere all the way through so uh, yeah i recommend uh checking out nocturnals that's cool okay so will do you want to go next sure what'd you watch i watched hinterland how are you liking Hinterland? I liked it, except you said that it was in Scotland, and it's not. Oh, I didn't. I think Kaylin said Kaylin that. Kaylin said it was in Scotland. Yeah. yeah, I haven't been watching it, so I don't know. No, it's in Wales. Yeah. It's the same thing, right, Julian? No. <laughs> the Welsh would be pissed, wouldn't oh, they? Oh, yes. No, it's not the same. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I know we have listeners in the UK, and I'm sorry I was kidding. So Wales looks like the grayest, grainiest... <laughs> That's the most it. depressing place on the planet. It's not. It's not. Oh, I love Wales. Oh, I imagine if it's you, actually If you go out to the, on a lot of its mining areas, especially the mm-hmm. slate mine areas, and like uh, so that the hills all around are grey. Yeah. Rock, and then then the all the town is just built with grey slate. That's so, exactly yeah, where the was, show it, is. It if it's free. raining, it just looks like the end of the world, but mm-hmm. beautiful. <laughs> yeah. No, it looks. Uh, it's a nicely shot show. Cool. Uh, I don't care for it as much as Loch Ness because Loch Ness had one overarching mystery, which oh. I thought worked mm. well, as opposed to Mystery of the Week. Okay, but so procedural. Land is like two hours, so it's like a movie. Okay. So it's pretty good. Um, so even though it's a procedural, it's you can deal with it. I think the second episode uh, was better than the first. So is it a straightforward crime? Uh-huh, yeah. Well, that's good. Murder, I hope. Murder. We've we've dubbed all the British murder shows Pardon My Murder. <laughs> uh, yeah. they're, they're so polite. All we do now, all Gene watches is like British cop shows, British crime shows. So. That's cool. <laughs> Just keep watching the Brits and their crime. And their crime, yeah. It seems like... Yeah. It's a lot of murder happening in Wales. Yeah. They seem really polite until you get in the middle of it all and there's all this murder. And you can't read any of their signs because they're nothing but consonants and Y's. <laughs> well, all right. Um, then I watched uh, I watched a riff tracks called The Little Unicorn, which was terrible. And I believe it was set in the same fake britain that you're you had a movie that was set in canada that you oh, wondered, yeah, yeah, yeah. like why did they bother yeah, it's filmed the in boy. bc but set mm-hmm. in England. yeah yeah the that's boy. the same uh same sort of thing they did here i don't know that it was filmed in england i believe it was filmed in canada mm. and uh it was very fakey english <laughs> i kept waiting for kids to ask for biscuits offering to clean your chimney yeah <laughs> uh and then I watched uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes because... You're ramping up for war for yeah, the Yeah, I was going to go watch... I, I had not seen Dawn of the Planet of the Apes yet. I liked it. Yeah. It was pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're doing, they're doing an all right job. I wish sometimes they translated what the apes oh. were saying in sign language. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. Yeah, because they're, they're really passionate about what they're 
going to do. Just yeah. don't know what it is. <laughs> that, that sounds cool. Yeah. No, it was good. And then uh, Street Trash. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really want to see uh, Dunkirk. Oh. That sounds really good. I don't like Christopher Nolan's movies. No? No. <laughs> um, I kind of like the first one is... Uh, what was that one called? Alone. Oh, no. Oh, Memento. Memento. Mm, that's brilliant. I thought that was a really good one, um, despite ripping off a Dana Carvey bit from... Uh, Clean Slate? Clean Slate, yes. <laughs> uh, which I think was ripped off from a Saturday Night Live skit, probably. Mr. Short-Term Memory? Yes. Which I wish they would turn into a movie. I know Tom Hanks could still do it. He could still do it. He could do anything. I believe in him. Was that... We're probably the only people on the planet who remember Mr. Short-Term Memory. <laughs> <laughs> I like it because he's in a restaurant and he takes a bite of some salmon. And he goes, there's something in my mouth. <laughs> and then he spits out and he's like, waiter, waiter, somebody took a bite out of this food. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty absurd. <laughs> oh, it really was. I think there was another one where he was drinking bad milk out of the fridge. <laughs> but he kept forgetting that it was bad. Uh, that's all I watched. Yeah, we should revisit those. All right, Richard. My turn. Okay. <clears throat> so I did... Um, let's get the movie out of the way first and the rest of it's television. Um, we went and saw Atomic Blonde. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I did not know two things about this movie were that it was um, set in the 80s and that they shelled out what I'm assuming is a, a metric butt ton of money for the soundtrack. I mean, everything was the perfect song for the scene that was happening and it tied in somehow or another with the lyrics, but it was all like something you would want to hear and, you know, new wave and not as much rock, but more like uh, new wave stuff from... Uh, of the 80s so it was it was cool and that's after i went and saw echo and the bunnymen and violent femmes so it, it just felt like the right thing um the funny thing is at uh alamo draft house they always have those cute things that they roll on the screen for like half an hour before the preview start and uh i told you about uh before wonder woman they had like all the different attempts at a pilot for wonder woman mm -hmm. and then Oh, here's Wonder Woman from the Philippines. This is their take on it. Well, they kept showing clips of spy movies with women as the spies from like the late 60s and early 70s. And I'm watching this one and I, and I feel like I recognize some people on the screen and I feel like I recognize the style. And in the lower left corner, like for a rock video, they have like the little information in the corner. And uh, one of them was Girl from Rio, 1968, oh, yeah. Jess Franco. <laughs> it's like, yep. All right. uh, I've seen more Jess Franco's work this year <laughs> than I've seen uh, in my entire life previous. Uh, and they showed a funny commercial for like some spy toys that kids could get back in the 60s. And there's this little boy and he's demonstrating this thing that's a radio, but it folds into like a toy machine gun. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was Kurt Russell. Uh -huh. <laughs> and he's like he's like nine eight or nine i think it was before he did the jungle boy thing on uh gilgan's island oh okay and if anyone remembers that one with the little jungle boy um that was kurt russell go back and google that wasn't um, he on lost in space as well yeah i believe he was he was a little martian kid or something yeah i think he was orange 
Yeah. It's like, let's um, paint that Kurt Russell kid. He's under contract. He's owned by the studio. <laughs> right. Just put some cotton in his nose and shoot him with this paint gun. <laughs> so, uh, so that was it for, for movies since last time. But then I got into some television. So I watched um, my attempt at binge watching Twin Peaks was one episode a night for three nights. And so I had already watched one the episode. Twin Peaks? Yes. The, the, uh, Twin Peaks 2017? Yeah. Twin Peaks Revisited or whatever they're calling it. So I got through um, the first episode weeks ago and then finally was able to jump on watching one a night for a few nights. So I'm up Peaks, to four. the rehash. The rehash. Mmm, some cherry pie and some rehash. Mm. <laughs> a damn fine cup of coffee. Yeah. Breakfast of champions. Everything feels very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're taking some new uh weird directions with things do you like it i like it i i'm i'm aware of the fact that there's a lot of stuff that's kind of hard to understand why and how this is going on and after i think i was told when you get to the eighth episode shit gets so crazy and you won't believe it and it's really good for a while Mm -hmm. after that i want to watch yeah i don't know the episode number but i believe it's the eighth episode where something happens that visually is amazing yeah that's what they say um yeah i can't decide if i want to watch it or not yeah i'll I'll let you know when i get to that episode and then maybe one or two after it um game of thrones of course you know that's one per week so i'm current on that um rick and morty started back up so i'm watching those so there's two new episodes of rick and morty the latest one is like this total mad max reality and for anyone who isn't familiar the grandpa, Rick, um, has a portal gun and it just shoots a big swirly green uh, hole in the wall or the floor or wherever and you jump through it and you're into a different dimension, a different world. So it's like Gumby. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now that you say that. Uh, <laughs> but they, they go, he takes his grandkids into uh, this Mad Max reality and they're just like, oh, hell with it. Let's stay here for a while because the parents were uh, seemed like they were deciding to divorce. And uh, so let's just go run through the desert with these maniacs and, you know, kill things and try and take over their kingdom. I was rocking the soundtrack for Fury Road today. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Will, on your recommendation, I started watching Sneaky Pete. Yeah. And uh, bombed through the first uh, season. <laughs> nice. That's 10 episodes. That's what we did. Yeah. We couldn't get through them quick enough. Yeah. It was really good, wasn't it? Yeah, it was pretty intriguing. And Yeah. You know, anything Brian Cranston's involved with is good. Giovanna Ribisi is great. Yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah. Margo Martindale's always good. She's always good in everything she's in. Yeah. Yeah, so she's great. Um, and the rest of the cast, I mean, the worst thing I could say about anybody is that they're good or they're competent. Yeah. <laughs> Which is nice to be able to say. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a fantastic series. Yeah. And I got through um, most of that documentary Jolien loaned me, um, Just Desserts, The Making of Creepshow. Oh, okay. It's great. I just didn't have enough time before I had to take off to uh, get started on this today. So One last thing about TV. Yeah. Um, as this show is graced by the moon rays, mm-hmm. um, the movie from which that track comes, Experiment in Terror, Mm-hmm. That's going to be on TCM again. Oh, yes. Uh, August 22nd. Okay, I'm writing this down. 
Um, we'll DVR that August 22nd. He's yeah. fake writing right now. Yeah. Yeah, making this <laughs> the sound. <laughs> okay. All right. On TCM? Yep. August 22nd, sometime in the evening. Got it. There. So, um, this is probably a good place. Yeah. And we're back. Yeah. Although it should have been seamless. I've now ruined it. <laughs> well, I could edit this out. I, I may not, but... Um, may not. Maybe. Um, do you cut any of the show? I do, actually. Really? There, there are times where I... Where we're, um... Yeah. Uh, if there's a... If there's scrolling a, through the phone. If there's a weirdly long pause, or if I'm like, wait, I'll look it up on IMDb. Then, uh, yeah, I'll cut some of that stuff out. <laughs> but if you ever say anything, like, wrong... Uh, well, not wrong like putting Hitler's brain in a shark, but wrong like a... Then it's wrong, though. We all admitted last episode. <laughs> I think Putting Hitler's brain in a shark's a bad idea. Yeah, you only do it once. <laughs> Hopefully you learn from it. Um, but if you ever say something that, that just... You stumble over something and just, just re-say it, and I'll cut out the first stumbly part. And Oh. Yeah. Now nah, he would just put an echo on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the magic of podcasting. Right. Play three times. Yeah. So there's another podcast that I, I just saw they posted something. They were about to do Street Trash. Really? Yeah. And I wish I could remember who it was. I know they were on our Instagram feed as somebody we follow. Um, but hey there, if you're listening. Is it Ambulance? No, it's not them. They're on break right now. Oh. Yeah, because there's a baby. A baby? Yeah. They had a baby werewolf. Between so, the two of them? No, no. Um, Katie is uh, is a, a new mom. And so Alan's... Uh, doing, so she can't do a podcast? Well, would you want a screaming baby in your podcast? I don't know. Maybe. We have helicopters and dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it just adds to the uh, flavor of the podcast. I would say so. Yeah. Maybe they. Maybe they should just get back on it. Bring, yeah. bring the screaming baby in the studio. Let's do this. Just do movies that have screaming babies in them, and then mm-hmm. uh, it'll seem like it's deliberate. Oh, yeah, get huge listenership. Yeah. And uh, I happen to know from looking at our stats on SoundCloud that uh, at least one of the um, hosts from Two Day Rental Podcast listens to us. And, hey, shout out, Two Day Rental Podcast. I listen to you, too. And uh, it's a fun podcast. So Nice. Yeah, they're cool, and uh, I like listening to them. So, anyway, they talk a lot about exploitation kind of films. And, oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, I had never seen Street Trash. Who told you to watch this? <laughs> and what did you do to them? <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard other um, more professional podcasts than us say, oh, yeah, this is such a crazy thing. You have to see it at some point in time. And I've heard other people say it was something like a trauma film. And that definitely is true. It feels yeah. a lot like a trauma production. Uh, yeah, Jennifer Aspinall also did the special makeup on Toxic Avenger. That definitely makes sense. Okay, I didn't know that. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, it just felt like one of those ones that uh, if you hear it, its name invoked that many times, it's like, okay, fine, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. Just, okay, fine. And then Jolene was like, yeah, totally. <laughs> Let's do that. You were tricked, my friend. <laughs> so neither of you liked it? No. You you first, Will. <laughs> no. Here we go. I didn't like it. 
<laughs> I felt that it was, I don't know what it was trying to do. <laughs> you know, um, I don't necessarily want a message. I mean, it didn't have to be a George Romero statement on society. Statement on society. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it had to be more than it was. And it was an hour and 40 minutes of a lot of nothing. Okay. I wrote, I wrote this down and tell me if you agree with this statement. It doesn't stop doing what it's doing from start to finish. <laughs> yeah, no, it never stops. It's unrelenting in what it's doing. Yeah, I skipped the whole middle of it because I got tired of watching it. And I watched it on fast. <laughs> Sped up. So, you know, you can still hear them. So you can technically say you watched it. I watched it. I just sped it up a little. Did you get to the end part with the smart-ass uh, doorman kid? Yes, the, I watched the whole that's thing. That's the best part of the movie. James Lawrence. Yeah, he's awesome. He's, he's in Frankenhooker. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I, I have uh, what may be old information written down. I'm, I kind of want to call his agent and be like, can we interview this guy? Because he's the best thing in the movie. He just doesn't stop with his smart <laughs> yeah, it's, mouth. It's like you don't want to be sassing like mafia guys <laughs> wanting to torture you, you know, but he's, he just can't stop himself. And we're going to outro with that song, um, oh, yeah, Tony, We Do Things My Way. Tony Darrow. Yeah. So uh, that was written by Tony Camillo. Anyway. Yeah, the guy performing it is Tony Darrow. He's yeah. In, he's in Goodfellas and The Sopranos. Yeah. So, yeah, no, no... Um, yeah, you you recognize this guy when you see him. You're like, wow, he's really young in this. Uh, but that's Nick Duran. And he does a great job as the gangster. You, you're mm -hmm. like, okay, he, his character has some gravity. Uh, obviously, he doesn't get too heavy with it because of, you know, given the movie that he's in. But uh, the kid, the doorman, is just he's so funny. <laughs> and I like the lyrics of the song as it goes on. But we'll outro with it. And I've already... I've already set up the episode, so we've got Excellent. we've got the intro and and uh, the outro already set up and files ready to go. But uh, so funny that part. Um, the tough thing for me in this is not that they're trying to gross me out. It's not that everybody's so disgusting and just dirty. It's the overacting, like like if they played it a little bit more straight. Um, some of the characters have to just be like, you know, rolling their eyes and sticking their tongue out and making weird faces and weird guttural sounds. And it's like, it takes me out of it. That's my complaint. Um, oh, the other best thing in this movie, the decapitation with, yeah. with the canister and you're watching the body with a big chunk taken out of it. And it's in focus and then slowly <laughs> drops down the out of focus head and part of the shoulders because <laughs> it's been up in the air. <clears throat> I've never seen that before or since. Mm -hmm. It exists only in this movie as far as I know. Right. And it's brilliant. <laughs> For that alone, I would give it a pass. That plus the stuff with Nick Duran and, uh, and uh, James Lawrence. Man, okay, I, I can say that it was it was worth the price of admission. Uh, so you so you both watched the Americans. Do you recognize Vic Noto? Uh, Vic Noto. He plays uh, Bronson. 
Oh. And he plays Blade in The Americans. Blade. So he's the, he's like the the Vietnam vet. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. The junk pile. I'm trying to oh. think of who he is in The Americans. Blade. Blade. I don't know who that is. I don't either. I'm drawing a blank on that. Mm. Um, but he did seem familiar. He did. Um, what, what was the actor's name? Vic Noto. Vic Noto. N O T O. All right, let's look him up on IMDb because you know we know we can edit this out, right? Vic, V I C. You won't see him in the movie, but the one of the grips in this film was Brian Singer. Oh, really? Yeah, I wrote that down. Now, is this the same Brian Singer as yeah. uh, Beastmaster? X Men. Uh, X Men. Oh no, no, you're uh... wrong, Singer. Okay. Yeah. You're thinking of Mark Singer. Oh, Mark Singer. Okay, Mark and Brian. See, I knew these two brothers named Mark and Brian, so that that kind of threw me off there. Okay, let's see. Where is he in the Americans, damn it? Really? They just have pictures from Street Trash. <laughs> Way to go, IMDb. All right, well, I don't know who uh, who, who Blade is in, in uh, the Americans, so I'll have to revisit that. Yeah. Or go to Google instead of IMDb. So, um, any other uh, familiar faces in there? Um, well, the director is J. Michael Muro, who he he did this as like a short film when he was at uh, the School of Visual Arts mm-hmm. in New York, and uh, where it, where he had like a, a drink called Thunderbird, which bums were drinking and melting. Yeah. To. Um, and then, uh, you know, we, but that's a real wine, so he had to change it. Yeah, yeah. And then this short film got got shown at like nightclubs and punk places around town, and and then people would come back to him and say, "Oh, you should make a feature out of this." So uh, uh, he got his professor, who is Roy Frumkis, to do a full length screenplay. Hmm. And uh, so Roy Frumkis, you know, from doing Document of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote the Substitute series, um, and J. Michael Muro. He was he, was, he you know so he's obviously handy with a Steadicam. Yeah. So he's he's gone on to be he was like the Steadicam operator for like big movies like James Cameron's favorite. James Cameron, Kevin yeah. Costner. Oh. Yeah, I've got a short list here. Um, yeah, Cameron really favored him to be his primary Steadicam operator. So The Abyss, Terminator Two. True Lies, Titanic. Mm-hmm. So he didn't stop at Street Trash. Never yeah, heard so, of any of those. So. <laughs> oh, Titanic. Watched oh, man. Titanic and think, oh, this that. is the guy Wasn't who that made a Street bomb? Trash. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that movie made any money. No. And the soundtrack made nothing. They lost money on that. Um, yeah, he uh, also did the Steadicam work on Dances with Wolves and Open Range. Mm-hmm. And has gone on to direct many episodes of Warner Brothers uh, TV, Southland. Hmm. So, yeah, you could start somewhere like Street Trash, and, and it's and, a good-looking film. It does look good. Lit, I mean, the, they chose the right time of day to light things and mm-hmm. uh, you know, the colors they use and stuff. Everything yeah. looks like it stinks. And uh, this is basically a. a a remake of uh, Dedeskaden, which is a Kurosawa movie from 1970, <laughs> which is like a... Do tell. It, it's a, so it's also, it's like vignettes of various characters around, uh, who live around a, like a, a trash 
pile. Okay. And uh, and and also it, it was like Kurosawa's first color movie, huh. and uh, he didn't want to just make just shoot a standard realistic color movie. So it's all like street trash, heightened colors. Yeah. Painterly. Um, on he 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 he'd paint, uh, you know, junk and he he'd paint shadows, paint the ground. Oh, neat! Uh, so you have this kind of impressionistic feel to it, and then uh, and then you can, in Street Trash you can see Jennifer Aspen will play with it like she didn't go for a, like standard. You know, when people melt down, no, they're not, not standard kind of glory. glory. It's all this like. Purple, purple and green. And yeah. It looks like they have some Alka Seltzer in there. I did like the meltings. Yeah. Uh, the meltings were fantastic. Yeah, and she did it is done differently each time. But she she's also a painter and um and she does like straight makeup as well, so she's known for lots of um, oh, okay. ad campaigns. You do kind of want these places to still be there, like this crappy liquor store and this crappy uh, auto parts uh junkyard. <laughs> You know, I gotta wonder too. Was that the same junkyard um, from uh, for that plan? Huh. Um, brain damage. Uh, it's in Brooklyn. I don't know if it's the same. You'll have to look that up because it. I mean, because you've got a hen and lot of connection. Yeah, because I'm thinking, you know, right around the same time, a lot of the connections. Maybe it's mm-hmm. just like why oh. did brain damage work for me and this movie didn't. Um, I don't know. There was a slickness to the production of brain damage and a ridiculousness to the Aylmer. When and, and the lead characters are likable. That's yeah. true too. Street trash. Hardly anyone's likable. Nobody's yeah. very likable. I just found that they they were. I don't know. I had a hard time with the overacting. Yeah, I could Be- see the overacting. That doesn't normally bother me. No. Um. Just, I felt like Street Trash didn't go far enough. Really? Yes. I felt like Street Trash should have pushed it a little further and been entrails of a beautiful woman. Okay. Um, Fair enough. Which worked for you really well. Which worked for me. It still haunts you. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know, they spent all this time making people melt and they could have just dropped a watermelon. (laughs) Right. You know what I, I felt like they were both both movies were made by 14-year-old boys. <laughs> right. But the the kids on entrails were a little bit sharper. Okay. <laughs> I felt like they they wanted to gross me out in street trash and perhaps it's because it's now 30 years old. Yeah. Um that it's not shocking anymore but it just something about it it just didn't work for me although i did like how gloopy and colorful and bright the meltings were yeah i thought the meltings looked great i just wish the bits between (laughs) kind of held together a little better if i could change one major thing with this movie other than you know have some of the overacting dialed down a little bit you know, because like I said, they don't need to be sticking their tongues out and, and making throaty sounds and rolling their eyes. You know, it's like, I don't believe you're really dying or, or being choked or killed if you're doing that. It just looks like someone who can't act. That would be 
the one major thing as far as the execution of this. But as far as the planning, the writing of this, I would have had them um, not die immediately from the melting. I would have had them uh, rampage a little bit and infect other people with it. Yeah, you could have done that. And not to turn it into a zombie movie, but to to basically make it to where, oh, if you get some on you, then, you know, you're screwed too. Yeah. You know, it's... Um, I mean, you kind of were. It did burn you if it... It did. But if I want, it hit you. But I wanted it to, like, totally, you know, envelop the next person as well. Like, maybe it spreads over your skin immediately and turns you purple and bubbly. In, in, in effect, you're a zombie for about 30 seconds to a minute, and then you die, and then and the then next... And you melt. Yeah. Melting zombies. Okay. That's what I would change. But, you know, I don't write these things. I don't make these things. I'm just some jerk that's not a professional critic talking on a podcast. And that's my station in life. I, I'm not going to go on to be a steady cam operator for James Cameron. I promise you, I won't do that. So who made this? And uh, should cameras be more, I don't know, restricted, harder to get? <laughs> they were at the time. The barrier to entry was a lot more difficult. I know. So how did it I happen? imagine YouTube must be full of things like this, but it's not. Yeah. It's not. And that's the very thing that Joe Bob Briggs was talking about. Like, there should be a whole universe full of crazy stuff and great stuff and everything in between, as well as a lot of horrible stuff. Yet, there seems to be the same amount. There's like a finite amount of creativity happening. And it never gets huh. beyond that. No matter how many inexpensive, awesome cameras you put out there. You could put one on every street corner and you probably aren't going to get anything more than what you're getting now. Just saying, you know, it's <laughs> the barrier to entry is about five grand to own a decent digital camera. And there are people who've proven that other things can be done with less who've shot things with an iPhone and made it look pretty awesome. So yeah. there's no excuse. Um, well, let's let's forget about why there's no excuse for new stuff not being made. Why did someone put money into this? Why did these people want to make this? Those are good questions. I don't know the answer. I think this would have worked better for me if it had still been a short. You could edit this thing down to about 25 minutes and have it be just packed full of awesome weirdness. Yeah. You could do a supercut. Yeah. Turn this 92-minute thing into a 22-minute thing. You could do that. I think it would work a lot better. Well, I don't edit video, so I couldn't tell you how to do it, but someone should give it a shot and see what they could make it into. But th there's necrophilia in this thing. Was there? It's implied. You've probably fast-forwarded through it. But um, the, great, the great big fat guy that runs the junkyard... Mm -hmm. that was trying to crush that poor girl in the office. Um, yeah. He comes across the woman who was raped and killed by the pack of hobos. Okay, does he have sex with her? They imply it heavily. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So he's a necrophiliac. So there's necrophilia, there's melting, there's gang rape, there's uh, a penis... Uh, a, what, what would you call that? Dismembering? Um, <laughs> I mean, that's a little too on the nose. Did you watch that bit? I don't remember that bit. Oh, okay. Well, this guy stuck his penis through 
a hole in some board or something. It was uh, he was on one part of the junkyard and he was, I don't know, he was urinating or something, and the crazy dude with the knife cut it off. Mm-hmm. No, I missed that. And they played keep away with it. Wow. Yeah. I don't think that was in my video at all. Yeah, Brunson has this knife here that he's carved out of a human thigh bone. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he cuts off. I don't think you can carve a bone like a piece of wood. Um, probably not. It's all spongy on the inside. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, in any event, um, there is... I demand realism when it comes to bone carving. <laughs> well, the, uh, the fake penis looked real enough, I guess. And yeah, I She made, uh, like, three different sizes. For, for different types for of shots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the the guy who loses it is of course wanting to get it, put it on ice, and get to the hospital. But it just keeps being thrown and kicked, and I think it lands in a mud puddle at some point in time mm-hmm. in a junkyard. So yes. yeah, I yeah, I missed all of that. Yeah, so it either wasn't in it or you fast forwarded through it. Yeah, imagine in fast motion, you wouldn't really know what was going on. So uh, yeah, there, you've missed a couple things. Well, I'm not going to go rewatch it. So it's one and done for you? It's one and done. It's off the thumb drive. You couldn't even rent this thing. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Like, there's some stuff you can get a hold of. Like, I, I looked for it on Amazon, and it says, not available in your region or something like that. And mm. I'm thinking, what's, what are you really saying here? Why, yeah, won't, why won't you rent me this thing? I have a, a search app for streaming devices. And uh, it didn't come up on anything. And I mean, they've got some pretty obscure platforms on there that you can rent a lot of things that are, I mean, I wouldn't pay $15 to rent something, but no, you could. I won't, Jolie, and I imagine you probably feel the same way. I won't pay to own a digital copy of something. Mm-hmm. I'll pay to own a physical copy of something, but not digital. Yeah. Because I do believe that the law is they can just revoke that. Oh, yeah. And just make it disappear or lock you out of it. And I feel like that's bullshit. And I don't want any part of that. And besides, it's kind of nice to look at the cover and go, what's the runtime on this before I pop it in? Oh, yeah. Approximately 92 minutes for this 2012 gem, Texas Chainsaw. Evil wears many faces. I think that's a tagline. Texarkana skill saw. Yeah. So, um, when did you first see this, Jolien? This has been on video cassette a long time ago. So, no, no more recent than '99 or 2000. I've known it before that. Yeah. <laughs> so, you've seen it 15 to 20 years ago to begin yeah. with. Have you seen it since? I mean, you own the DVD. Mm, yeah, yeah. So, I watched the DVD when I got it. Okay. Do you always watch them when you get them? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just I'm comforted by knowing it's there. Uh, yeah. Uh, horror movies I I tend to watch pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I definitely have a backlog of you know serious movies that <laughs> uh, I'm not able to get to see as often because I don't live with anyone who who's into them. Right. <laughs> So I have to wait for opportunities to see more serious stuff. Yes. When uh, 
when when wives go on uh, business trips or or family visits mm-hmm. or girls' night out yep. or Tarkovsky marathon. Yeah. Woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes there's movies that you can you can get other people interested in, you know, like Kozlowski, for example. You know, you can you can tell somebody about Blue and then mm-hmm. show them the movie and then they're like, Oh wow, how have I never seen this? Well, it's um, kind of an art film, and it's kind of foreign, and uh, you don't watch a lot of that stuff. Yeah, see, I've got the, the Three Colors trilogy. Mm-hmm. I've still not been able to see that. Damn! I'd like, I'd love to watch it with her, but like, there's so many people we know like died last year. Yeah, it's tough. I just can't kick off with a movie about my family yeah. suffering that. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, there's... yeah they're, they're great movies. And some sometimes it's part of the process of getting over it is just like exposure therapy. Just you know, like like you can't try to tiptoe around stuff forever. Sometimes you got to just plunge into it. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes you you don't uh, like. By the time I can watch some of the stuff I want to watch, and and have everything, you know, quiet and uninterrupted, and and uh, not bum anybody out by <laughs> trying to watch something so weird or obscure. It can be 11 o'clock at night, yeah. 12 o'clock, <laughs> and then I only get so much time before I conk out. <laughs> so there's that, but... Um, yeah, place I live in is too small. Yeah. You can't watch anything. You live in an old, dark house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the landlady comes down in the evening as well, because her, her dog's afraid of going down the back steps, so... And that, <laughs> Yeah, so every evening the dog gets paraded through and mm-hmm. it's just, it's ruined my movie watching. Oh. Yeah, I can't watch anything. If if I know it's going to go past 8.30 or so, I know it's going to be interrupted. So, I hate it. so your downstairs area where you draw, mm-hmm. that's not conducive to movie watching at all? No, I, I, I can watch things on a laptop, I suppose, but I yeah. want to do that with tinny sound and everything. Yeah. I guess that's true. Like I'll, I'll watch stuff. My computer monitor is fairly big, so I'll watch stuff with headphones. Mm. But other than that, now I've got a, a giant television. Why wouldn't I want to watch something on that? Mm-hmm. Oh, so um, this was my first viewing of this. Um, I've only been aware of it for a few years, two or three years maybe. And it's always, like I said, the name has been invoked by other podcasts or other horror fans who they'll talk about it and, you know, it's... Nobody's like, oh, I can't believe you haven't seen this thing. They'll be like, oh, here's this thing you may not know about, and um, maybe you should watch it. So nobody's really evangelical about trying to make everybody watch it. And that being said, I would tell anybody who feels like they like trauma stuff, go ahead and watch this. You know, if you just like something that's kind of over the top and gross out and weird, sure, go ahead and watch it. I don't think it's it's like trauma... It's like it's too well made. Well, yeah. It's well shot. And... Yeah, if you changed one thing about a trauma movie, and that was that it looked really good, mm-hmm. then it would be like this. But it's got some of the same elements. It feels like yeah, to me yeah. anyway. Some of the same um, uh, velocity and <laughs> intent. <laughs> it's, if I could uh, describe it more abstractly, I guess. But. Um, Will, I'm not even going to ask you if you'll recommend this. I recommend it. <laughs> I recommend a double bill of this and beautiful. 
Entrails. Entrails. <laughs> Entrails of a beautiful woman. Go That's back and street trash. Yeah, go back and watch that one again. You'll get a lot out of it, I think. But uh, yeah, I, I recommend this to a fairly limited uh, audience, <laughs> like a very narrow uh, selection of people would even get a, a mention from me about this one. Um, earlier in the show, I forgot to say thank you to the Moonrays for giving us intro creature features. They give us that for the top of every show, and we do appreciate it. Um, find them on Amazon or iTunes where you can buy their music digitally or say hello to them on Facebook where they are the moon dash rays. There, that was a bit of housekeeping I missed. I did so, try and prompt you. Yeah, you did. And then I just kind of like got distracted. So, Julian, who would you recommend this to? Uh, anyone who's into like stuff that's kind of weird that you haven't seen before. and If you think you've seen it all... <laughs> Don't be such a smart ass. <laughs> Go ahead and watch this. Yeah, this this is a good one for the know-it-alls out there. Yeah, there are people who think they know horror movies and they think they've seen everything, and it's like, oh, there's always some weird thing out there you've missed. Um. So, I think that covers it pretty well. You wouldn't recommend it. Oh no, I, I like I said, I would rec I would recommend it to a a fairly narrow. Um, <clears throat> selection of people two or three enemies that's it <laughs> well for example if you're at a, a horror convention and you're talking to people and you're like hey what kind of stuff are you into mm. oh have you ever seen this oh have yeah. you ever seen that if this comes up and someone goes should i watch it i would say well yes based on what you've mentioned yes or based on what you've mentioned no or hey i don't know give it a shot you know there's th there's things in this that that it are just, so fun and so just cool. Don't happen in any other movies. And they don't happen in other <laughs> movies. And it does remind me of uh, the secret room booze. Did I ever tell you guys about the secret room booze? No. Um, I was remodeling a room at my sister's house, and I backed the screws out of this little homemade plywood shelf that was screwed into a corner of an attic room or an upstairs room. And there was a corner hole that went out into a little peak of rooftop that connected the house to the garage. And in there was a set of bunk beds, some beer signs. Um, the previous owners had owned a bar sometime a couple decades before. Or maybe they still owned it, but th there was old stuff from the bar. And there was a case of slow gin, old Forester, and old Taylor, I want to say. So it was two crappy bourbons and, a, I assume, a crappy slow gin. And... Um, <clears throat> I had just moved to back to the Chicago area, and so I took a couple bottles of this to a Halloween party that I just gotten invited to, and I was meeting the host for the first time, and he's now a friend of mine. Um, but Dean was dressed up in a bunny suit, and uh, my then-wife, Rachel, was uh, dressed as uh, Regan from The Exorcist, and I was dressed as the priest. Wow. And uh, we show up, <laughs> and it's like, we got to we got a present for you. And so we gave him a bottle of this booze that was from probably the 1960s, like late sixties. I think the tax stamp had the year on it. And, uh, it was just raspy. Oh my God. It was like drinking a handful of nails. Um, which I think, <laughs> you know, bourbon does not age in a bottle. It ages in a barrel. And then yeah. once it's in a bottle, it just sits there. Yeah. I don't know if being in a hot attic makes it worse or doesn't change it at all. 
It probably makes it worse. Yeah. So we we went up into this upstairs room to get away from the crowded party and, and do a shot of this with him. And it's like, oh, no, don't crack your bottle. We brought another one. And they were just pints. They weren't, they weren't uh, you know, like a fifth. And uh, it was rough. And, and I, took, I took my <laughs> shot. And I, and I did that thing they do in movies where they go, smooth. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Dean's standing there with his rabbit suit, and he's like, um, I wasn't going to say anything because I didn't know you were joking at first, but yeah, it was pretty rough. So it was a Halloween tradition for a few years there to drink the secret room booze. Nice. And um, so Dude, this, That would have been a better movie. You know, there's elements there, I suppose, for a story. But, uh, yeah. You find some booze, viper. Yeah. And you take it to this Halloween party. Maybe it infects everyone and in the party. it makes people melt. Yeah. But then for a short while, they're like a zombie. Sure, why not? Yeah. So that was my experience with finding a case of booze hidden in some room. And it's kind of, when that scene was happening, I went, I've been there. I've done that. If you want to wow. watch a booze zombie movie, I recommend uh, Grapes of Death. Oh. Uh, it's a Jean Roland movie from... Late seventies. I think you've mentioned this Very on the show infected. before. Infected wine turns people into zombies. And I think you've mentioned this. Yes, yes. The grapes of death. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. I will put that on my list of to watch. What was the one we watched where uh, the, the sound generator thing? Oh, that was um, Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue. Yeah, well, wasn't there a name for a, a, another title for it that was similar to that? a lot of titles uh, for the it. Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue and uh, Breakfast at the Manchester Morgue. Um, don't Open the Window. <laughs> uh, yeah, that one's got And a 13 dozen, more. <laughs> dozen or so titles. Well, let's not try and figure it out now. We'll just throw something up on Instagram. <clears throat> Well, with that, I guess we covered it pretty well. Uh, was there anything we didn't cover that you think is worth mentioning? No. No. All right. Fair enough. All right, listeners, thank you for listening. And stay off the waters. Teenage zombies. Okay. <laughs> it sounds terrible. It is. You're a nice kid. Now it's no more Nick the Dick, eh? Remember this afternoon at the police station? Look at me when I talk to you. This afternoon at the police station, Nick the Dick. Nick the Dick. Huh? I don't know the difference between chicken and duck. You're making me out a real fucking imbecile. That's what you're trying to do. No, no, I was just a little nervous, that's all. You know, the cop, the bull wanted to wire me up, wanted me to come in and ride on you guys. And one I more thing, what you guys? Look at me when I talk to you. I'm, I'm looking at you. Right? you My girlfriend to... Smell is what brought the fucking bum over, huh? You misunderstood what I was saying. I, I, I said she stinks, but I mean, she stinks of beauty. She wasn't a nice lady when she was alive, you know, but, uh... Mm-hmm. You know. I had enough of you, you fucking cocksucker. You dirtbag. Hold this fucking thing. I hit you with the cane, huh? You know what I'm gonna do with this cane? I'm gonna shove it down your throat until it comes out of your fucking asshole, you big mouth bastard. What's this? What is this? Oh, pay attention. What is this? Hey, Mr. Duran, you know, I look up to you. You look, you know, I, I look at you, I see an Adonis, you know what look I mean? Look at this. He's I, drinking I, on my fucking you. job. I told you to search this prick before you brought him up. I suppose this was a piece. Drinking on a fucking job and eating my chicken. You ain't gonna be satisfied until you're me and I'm you. That's what you're waiting for, huh? You're cute, boy. You're cute. I love you. I love you. Shut up, you cocksucker. You talk too much. Shut up.
Wait a minute. Let me, let me kiss the ring. Let me kiss your ring. You know what you're going to kiss? You're going to kiss my prick, you fucking rat. Nikki, Louie, we got the stool pigeon. Nobody can stop us, huh? This is to you, you rat. Azalut. <laughs> oh, Jesus, you fuck, you... What's the matter, boss? Hey, uh, he's not looking too well, boss. Kill the rat! Holy shit, he's dripping. Oh! Oh, we got a mop! What the fuck is happening? Oh, look at that stuff! Spew! Oh, man! Hey, what's the matter? You can't hold your liquor, huh? Oh, shit! What the fuck with my balls? Kiss your prick! It's dripping down the stairs!